Good morning, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study, and I'm so glad that you are here today. Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's begin today in the book of Haggai, chapter 2. We're going to start today in verse 6. Let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate your word so that we can receive it as spiritual food, so that we can digest it and apply it to our lives and, and draw on the strength of it. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Woo! Praise God. Now, before we jump into Haggai chapter 2, let me just uh, give you a little reminder. At the bottom of our ministry website on the homepage, there is a little uh, spot where you can sign up for our newsletters. And if you will put your email in, then anytime that we send out ministry updates, ministry news, newsletters, etc., then you'll always receive those and you'll know what's going on. Some, uh, some of the um, things we don't always, uh, well, usually we pop it up on like uh, Instagram or Facebook or things like that. But if you get the newsletter, you'll always uh, kind of be like a more in the loop because we'll never miss it on the newsletter. So just go to the bottom of stephenbrooks.org and just pop in your email and that way you get all of the uh, ministry information. And we never uh, give out or sell emails or anything like that. We've never even considered anything like that. So um, if you give us your email, uh, it stays right here in the ministry. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, Haggai chapter 2, now that you're all signed up, <laughs> praise God for the emails. Haggai chapter 2, let's begin in verse 6. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land. Now, throughout church history, throughout world history, there have been mighty outpourings of the Lord. There have been many of what we would call revivals. Um, there's one website I'm thinking that a certain minister has, and he's uh, documented and has information on each one, 237 previous revivals. So the church is no stranger to revival. There are movements that would be stronger than a revival, such as what sometimes we call a, an awakening or the great awakening. America has had two of those, and both of them came forth at a time when it looked like America was on the ropes and could just morally collapse. But then there was a move of the Spirit, and then there was restoration and the, uh, the restrengthening of God's people, and of course, uh, many people getting saved also at the same time. But this is fascinating. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more. My friends, before the Lord Jesus comes back by his mercy and grace, there is going to be one more mighty move of the Holy Spirit. Now, we need to be ready for this, anticipating this, and uh, praying into it. And it says, once more, it is a little while. So it's not very far out. It could be, could be eight months out, could be 18 months out, could be a, a little uh, further, but not much. And the Spirit of God is going to move. 
And we are going to see what is typified in Scripture as the Feast of Tabernacles as an ingathering. Now, I know also that the Feast of Tabernacles has a lot of typology that would fit in the millennium or the 1,000-year reign of the Lord. But I do also believe that there is a, a, a prophetic fulfilling of all of the Feast of the Lord, and we've had them thus far. We've had you know, Passover, we've had Pentecost and things along that line, but we've never had yet what we would call a global pulling of the nets. And we're going to have that before the Lord comes back, a great gathering of souls, a great cleansing and purifying of God's people, and we're going to go to meet the Lord in the air. Now, once that happens, then all of the global elites Oh, they, they're, some of them, uh, certain ones, they want to be the Antichrist so bad. They're like, devil, pick me. Uh, Mr. Satan, please pick me. <laughs> there's some that there's nothing they wouldn't do to be that one that can be in the limelight for a brief few hours or technically three and a half years. But uh, it's not going to happen yet. It's the time of the church. It's the time of God's people coming forth and great things are taking place along this line, and we are going to see the big one. Yes, we are. Praise God. Now, for thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth. Even the shaking of heaven, every previous mantle worn by any saint of the Lord worn by anybody that had something special from God that perhaps has now kind of disappeared off of the current church scene. Before the Lord comes back, every wardrobe in heaven concerning mantles and special and rare anointings will fall on the end-time church, and thus you will see in the body of Christ collectively not just in an individual because it's not possible, but collectively in the entire body of Christ, you will see the image of Jesus because Jesus was filled with the spirit without measure. And you're going to see his body, the church filled with the spirit doing exploits, accomplishing things that in many ways have never been seen on the earth before. Once more, God's going to move again. It will be a phenomenal move of the Holy Spirit. And there's been many over the years and some real big ones, but what's coming will be the grand finale. I've been to many 4th of July, uh, which is our, in America, our national day where we celebrate America's independence. But they always save the big, the big uh, stuff, the most spectacular fireworks, not for the beginning, but for the end. And, you know, Jesus uh, allowed the couple at the wedding feast to bring out the best wine, which was the wine turned from uh, water into wine at the end, at the end. So get ready for some fireworks, praise God. Once more, it is a little while. It's not very long though. It is a little while. I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land. Oftentimes the sea can be representative of the Gentiles or uh, basically what we would call those who do not know Jesus. They don't know God as uh, Jesus as their savior. There's going to be a great shaking. We're going to see many, many swept into the kingdom of the Lord. Praise God. And I will shake all nations 
and they shall come to thee, desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. And they're going to come by the multitudes. Praise God. Praise God. It's going to be like salvation is in the air. The Spirit of God moving, the revival spirit falling on people all over, a conviction of the Holy Spirit, uh, repentance and turning to the Lord. And then the Lord's going to fill the temple, his, the church with glory. Praise God. Then he goes on to say in verse 8, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. So there is a heavenly treasury and uh, that dictates also what takes place upon the earth with the release of finances and God is going to be pouring out. So everything that we do, everything that God has called you to do, we will do it with excellence and we will do it for the glory of the Lord for the in time work of preaching the gospel to all of the earth. And Jesus said, then the end shall come or, or in essence, then the, the assignment of the church is complete. Praise the Lord. And then we go, go to meet the Lord in the air and we go to be with the Lord at the wedding supper of the lamb. There'll be a lot of things going on earth uh, during that time, which we will be very happy to skip out on. I do have some friends who are fully convinced that they're going through the tribulation. They are prepping and preparing themselves right now to tribulate. Uh, but I read the Bible and I see that the church is not appointed unto wrath. Praise God. So uh, any good father will never pour out wrath upon his own obedient uh, children. He would never do that. So uh, the wrath, the punishment is not for the Lord's bride, which he's very protective of and passionate about. It's for the wicked who disobeyed God and, uh, you know, cooperated with the devil and caused so many uh, wars in the earth and all of the mayhem that took place, we could truly say they're going to get what's coming to them. Praise the Lord. But we will have completed our assignment. Well, Pastor Stephen, this is wonderful. Now, uh, what should we do? Should we take a nap? Well, no, we're going to continue to move forward and get ready, walk with the Lord and be excited about what God's doing, but also we want to walk in a practical way so that these things are worked out within the fulfillment of the church and with the fulfillment of also personal individual callings and assignments. Because I know that there are things that you're believing God to do in your life and God's going to do it. And so we need to talk about perhaps what sometimes can be missing out of a recipe that is pretty simple, but I don't know why. It's very easy sometimes to uh, leave this uh, portion of the recipe out, and we're going to make sure that we get it in there. We're talking today about enthroning God in our praises, and we want to personalize it. So we're going to enthrone God, uh, you could say, in your praise, in your own individual prayer praise life. Let's go to Acts chapter 16. Amen. Acts uh, chapter 16 uh, here, of course, we see the story of Paul and Silas. We see the deliverance of a girl possessed with an evil spirit. And uh, you know, there's an exorcism. And the next thing you know, Paul and Silas are getting sent off to prison with a good old-fashioned beating, uh, mainly because of their flowing in the Holy Spirit. But even though they went to prison, God was with them and God was working through them, and great things came out of that. Let's jump down to verse 
uh, 24 for the sake of time. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Well, Paul and Silas, they certainly can't go anywhere now. The previous verse said that when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into, the, into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Well, this was a Roman-type beating, and uh, it's not like there was a certain amount where, you know, they got up to, like, let's say, like 39, you know, of course, with the Jewish law, 39 stripes and, and stop, because we can't go past 40, and we don't want to miscount and uh, disobey the Lord. But here, uh, this is Roman punishment, so it's just, you know, you know beat them till they pass out, uh, whatever the case might be. Okay, so many stripes or, or, or beatings were laid on them. Verse 25, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. So now here we have the situation of Paul and Silas active at midnight. And of course, this would be technically right around 12 o'clock at night, or the midnight hour. So this is a literal time. Now we understand they didn't have clocks or watches. You can't look at your smartwatch and, you know, really uh, tell what time it was, but they were still pretty accurate with their timekeeping ability, even in the night. But I do believe that we can see very clearly a dual reference that this would be speaking of your darkest moment. I mean, you've been beaten up and, uh, and wrongly. You've been thrown in the prison and all you did was a good thing. You got somebody freed up from a demon, and the next thing you know, you're in a very uh, low-level prison. So, you know, it can seem at times when there's no way out. It can seem at times when it's helpless, and the situation would appear to be impossible. That also could be like it typified as like a midnight hour when it's darkest and all hope would appear to be lost. But, you know, this scripture, verse 25, is not here in the Bible because God thought, you know what? The Bible, my holy word, is, it's not quite big enough. I need to put some more material in there, just, just uh, fluff material, so that I can get the book a little bit bigger. No, everything that is in the Bible is the inspired word of God. I know that we have some heretical preachers today that don't believe that but that is because they are completely deceived. The Bible is the inspired word of God written by men who are under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and God's word is his word. So uh, God's word tells us what we are to do in our own lives when we have these types of midnight hours. We have the instruction. Now notice that what they were doing had some volume to it. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. Now, the hymns or the psalms out of the Old Testament as we know it, that would be the, the praise book of Israel. So they are singing uh, praises to the Lord. So they're praying and they're praising. And the prisoners were listening to them. Well, I don't know how spread out the cells were but obviously they were not whimpering, uh, and they were able to, even in that pain, lift their voices and pray and praise. Wow. So they were praising God through their 
singing. Mm-mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Prayer is important, and we don't diminish prayer at all. It is a 100% biblical. But prayer, as important as it is, uh, alone by itself, it's not enough to get the job done. And that may seem like a very startling statement, but it's true. Prayer is very, very important, but it's not enough just by itself to get the job accomplished. The answer, the deliverance for Paul and Silas, and by the way, everybody else, which is so often the case when you break through, so often there is a reverberation. And while the blessing is for you, it was so strong, it affects the lives of others, which is why you must break through. Praise God. But their answer came after the prayer and then the praising. So we could say that the answer didn't come until uh, after the praises were also mixed in and lifted up before the Lord. You know, it would be like going up on a uh, a platform to get your gold medal. And they said, well, you need to stand on the, the uh, podium platform and we're going to give you the gold medal. But there's two steps up. Well, there's not one step, there's two steps. So if you want to get to the top and receive the gold medal, you have to do both steps. So you have to pray, but there's another step. You have to pray and you have to take the next step and praise. Woo! So uh, some Christians have camped on step one and they repeat step one over and over, but they won't go to step two. So after you have prayed and you know in your heart you have prayed and we know that God hears, then what should we do? We should take the next step and move into uh, very, very strong, intentional praise. Woo! Can you say amen? Mm -mm. Somebody is about to receive a miracle. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. So we need to quit praying over and over about the same thing and start praising God after you've gotten your prayer in. Don't just do it over and over and over and over. No, it is now time to begin to praise the Lord. That need that you have, after you've prayed about it, then every time you think about it, you need to begin to praise the Lord. Now listen to me very carefully. You need to go to sleep tonight praising God. You need to sing a song to Jesus before you go to bed. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, I did that when I was four, when my mama every night would come in and pray with me, and I'd sing a little song to Jesus. You can still do it, amen, and he'll still listen. Hallelujah. Now, you probably don't need mama putting you to bed anymore, at least I hope not, right? But you can still sing your song to Jesus. And when you wake up in the morning, Jesus, Jesus, you are my sunshine. Woo, hallelujah. I mean, whatever comes out. So many times... When you're walking with the Lord and you wake up, the Holy Spirit, the moment you wake up, has a song for you. Well, Pastor Stephen, yeah, I, I hear like a song. What am I supposed to do? You're supposed to sing it to the Lord. <laughs> well, praise God. I think I'm getting the song. Yes, now sing the song to God. They were praising the Lord with singing. Amen. So what you want to do is knowing the great things that God is going to do in your life, the great things that God is going to do in the church. 
worldwide. The mighty outpouring, the signs, the wonders, the miracles, the things that are going to happen where God sweeps into your life and just does awesome things for you as you have your heart set on him and leading the lost to Christ. And uh, I'm, I'm telling you, God's going to do great things. So you should continue to pray, but you need to be praising the Lord. You need to be praising the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. By the way, try not to let a day go by without sharing Jesus with someone. Praise the Lord. And it could be that maybe the person is not very interested, but at least they know that you love them and that you tried and God honors that. And sometimes it's just watering. Somebody sows the seed, somebody else waters, and then maybe somebody else reaps. So perhaps you might not be the one that does the reaping, but you can still do your part in whatever way God leads you. Maybe sitting next to somebody on a bus maybe a, a co-worker uh, at the, uh, you know, at the break room or something like that, or just conversation comes up. The Holy Spirit will allow you uh, to walk in that wisdom to uh, bring up the conversation of God, of Jesus, of eternal life. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. Now, let's jump back to prayer and praise. Now, this is very interesting. You can only believe as far as you know. I want to say that again. You can only believe as far as you know. Faith is based on your knowledge of God's word. And the more you know the word and have the word in your heart, the more faith you'll have. In other words, the more faith material God has to work with that's in you because of your working knowledge of the word. And this is certainly true concerning praise because praise is an expression of faith. Wow. But if you don't know that, you can't really act on it, can you? Well, in my personal life, I grew up in church all my life. My parents uh, were righteous people, loved God. So anytime the church doors were open, we were there Sunday morning, Sunday night. And I always, as a young kid, hated going to church on Sunday night because uh, the Walt Disney show was on. And then uh, sometimes they would, uh, Walt Disney would really tempt young kids with uh, Robinson Crusoe or Swiss Family Robinson or or um, what was the other one? Uh, Mutual of Omaha, Wild Kingdom. And, you know, they would show the guy wrestling with an anaconda uh, in the river or the guy, you know, trying to uh, work with a lion. And, I, you know, as a young kid, you're like, oh, I want to see that. <laughs> but my dad would say, boys, load them up. Time to go to church. And uh, we'd be like, well, we, we sure would like to. Find out what happened to the Swiss family Robinson. Uh, they're building a treehouse. Uh, Dad, I want to build a treehouse. <laughs> Get in the car. <laughs> but, you know, off we went. Off we went Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And uh, here's the thing. While I did learn about the basics of faith, the basics of salvation, never once. Uh, this is fascinating. Think about this. Never once from the age of 
let's say I'm just beginning, one day old, probably all the way up until about the age of 21. Never once in the denomination that I belong to, uh, which was a Christian denomination, never once did I hear anybody ever in church say, Hallelujah! You know, Pastor Stephen, that's weird. Well, looking back on it, I'm thinking, yeah, it really is. And I never heard once anybody ever say in church publicly, praise the Lord. Now, if somebody had, we would have all thought they're cuckoo. We would have all thought they're nuts or something like that. That's because we had a whole lot of what you would call like man-made religion that had crept into our denomination, and we were in many ways, you know, real, real super ultra dry. <laughs> but you know, a lot of denominations, it's kind of, kind of like a mentality that, that forms over denomination where they think they're the ones that have the, the they have more truth than anybody else. <laughs> and of course, anytime there's religious pride like that, the blinders automatically start coming on and you miss major, easy, simple to understand truths. But you know, at least I got born again and saved in this denomination and learn what you could call basics of the faith. But I never heard anybody in church ever even say, amen. Nobody. I mean, you know, like a prayer would end and we'd all just sit there. Nobody would say, and another preacher who's praying a prayer would say in Jesus name, amen. You know, like that, but nobody would say, amen. In other words, like we agree, nobody would do that. Nobody would shout ever. Hallelujah. Nothing like that. (laughs) And if you did, you might startle them so bad. They, you know, uh, that there's no telling now the moment, the moment you get to heaven, it doesn't matter if you come from the deadest, driest Christian denomination on the face of the earth and you drink vinegar and prune juice and, uh, you're, you know, you're in all of those meetings and you're dry as dry can be. The moment you leave this planet and go to heaven instantly, hallelujah is coming out of your mouth. Praise Jehovah. Jesus is Lord is coming out of your mouth. It is coming out of your mouth. Why? The atmosphere has changed. You're in a heavenly atmosphere and in heaven, there is joy, joy, joy. There is nobody walking around in some private secret corner in heaven, pouting, acting like this. (laughs) Pastor Stephen, you wouldn't believe what they said about me. (laughs) That ain't going on nowhere in heaven. There's nobody in heaven in a bad mood. There's nobody in heaven on Monday having a blue Monday. Mm -mm. So the moment you get to heaven, you will be praising the Lord. Well, not me, Pastor Stephen. I'm going to stay reserved. All of that reservation is religious arrogance and fake dignity. It's, um, it's not even dignity. It's, it's pride of the human intellect. Mm. Pastor Stephen, I would never lift my hands in public. Well, you're disobedient because we're told in scripture by the apostle Paul to lift your hands to lift your hands in the service. And also you have all the Psalms, uh, which are, you know, Israel's praise book about lifting your hands and praise the Lord. I never saw one person ever in my denomination ever lift their hands and praise the Lord in church. <laughs> Woo! So you can see it. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was like an onion uh, in the sense that the Holy Spirit was like taking layers and layers off of me, not of the word, not of, of the Christian faith, but of religious tradition. 
and all of that stuff came off of me. So um, I yield to the Holy Spirit. I don't care how undignified it may make me look or how um, uh, uh, non-intellectual it may make me look. No, be free from all of that. Hallelujah. Because heaven is free. Heaven is a place of joy. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Religious bondage, sour faces. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That means you, you'll laugh. Uh, you, 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 you cry at, at the sweet things of God. You're free. Hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. Well, you can see why when I, um, uh, got baptized with the Holy spirit, um, the denomination that I, that I was in thought I'd gone crazy. My parents actually took me to a, a psychiatrist and, uh, uh, the psychiatrist said, well, well, we don't know what to do with him because every time they would try to take me to one of these, uh, uh, you know, intellectual, uh, uh, how can I say people that are going to, uh, get into your head and examine you. I'd have so many scriptures and I had so much joy and so much faith. They <laughs> just give up. <laughs> Uh, they took me to one uh, preacher within our denomination who was like a real theologian. Uh, honestly, he was like a real deadhead. But um, and I'm not saying that to be detrimental. He just had uh, he knew the scriptures, and so he he starts to try to. Um, wrestle me with the scriptures and tries to uh, show me the error of my ways of believing in tongues and uh, uh, go, uh, doing the most awful thing of coming over amongst the Pentecostals and this and that and the other. But every time he'd give me a scripture, I'd just give another one back. And the Holy Spirit would just give me the scriptures to respond back to him. And finally, he just got all flustered and uh, blurted out something where all of this was settled at the Diet of Worms years back at the so-and-so Council of Trent and this and that. And he starts getting all uh, deeply intellectual. And he, said, he's, he's, he said to my father, he said, he's hopeless. Just let him go. He's hopeless. He's lost. <laughs> I said, you've been at the Diet of Worms for too long. <laughs> And that was, you know, one of those meetings in church history, diet meeting, the council, where certain things were trying to be figured out, ah, blah, blah, blah. You talking about boring. Ooh, I think that's where his mind was still at. Maybe his mind is still there today at the Diet of Worms. Thank God for freedom in the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, when you get free, you want to praise the Lord. There's a punch that comes out of you. And, oh, oh, you can't do that, Pastor Stephen. Yes, I can. I'm going to praise the Lord. Amen. Mm -mm. And there's no telling when I'm going to do it. <laughs> I was in the men's restroom uh, a few months back at a very high-end restaurant. You know, a real uh, uh, snooty type uh, restaurant where, uh, uh, you know, a lot of rich people eat. And that, that's fine. I, I love rich people. I love all people, praise God. But sometimes the snooty people, they act a little bit um, uh, uh, disrespectful to the Lord in ways that often the poor don't do. So I was in the restroom, and I was in one of the stalls, and I would, uh, had gone in there and closed the door. Right when I closed the door, this person comes in. And he comes in, he starts washing his hands, and for some reason, he just says GD out real loud. And I'm giving you the uh, definition. Not the, I'm not going to say, you know what that, that means. He just said that real loud. And when he said that, uh, oh, the Holy Spirit just rose in me, and I shouted. I shouted so loud, they probably heard it uh, through 
the walls of the bathroom, and I wouldn't be surprised if people even heard it sitting out in the restaurant. I screamed and shouted with everything in me, the blood of Jesus. <laughs> and I shouted it so loud, I think it struck that person with complete terror. And, uh, whoo, praise the Lord. Amen. But, uh, you know, if people can uh, praise the devil that they serve out loud, you can certainly praise the Lord out loud. Hallelujah. Amen. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Let there be freedom in you. Break off fear. Break off bondage. Uh, break off this stuff of what people might think about you, the way you look, or this or that or, or the other. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Be free. Be free in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Be free to praise the Lord. So praise is an expression of faith. So what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of things I didn't know growing up. Now, I will always be thankful to my parents. I'll be thankful to those ministers within that denomination because I heard the gospel and I got saved. So at the least, I made heaven, which is a lot more than those who didn't. Woo, praise God. But my friends, the Holy Spirit began to teach me things that I didn't know because you can't operate in what you don't know. So I didn't know about praise. And so the Holy Spirit began to help me with this because praise is an expression of your faith. And we see this very clearly in the gospel of Mark. Mm -mm. Mark chapter 11. I feel the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Mm -mm. Mark 11. I've had a lot of unusual, uh, real loud, ecstatic, like praise explosions in my life before, sometimes in very unusual places, usually when something very disrespectful towards God, something very um, um, insulting towards the God, towards God is said out loud. And maybe I do it uh, or as, as the Holy Spirit touches me with a sense of like divine reparation. In other words, if they're going to curse God out loud, I'm going to praise him out loud. And I'll praise him 10 times louder than what was offered up as a profane offering to the enemy. <laughs> I'll tell you, when you do it, something breaks off of you. Amen. Glory to God. Now, Mark 11, verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, now watch carefully, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, now follow me, listen carefully to what Jesus is saying. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Okay, believe that you received them after you've prayed for them. Believe that you received them. Well, if you really do believe that you've received it, now we know that this is a faith exercise, but this is what Jesus is instructing us to do. If you've prayed and, that, and, and then you are instructed by the Lord to believe that you've received it, if you really do believe that you received it, what's going to uh, want to come out as an expression of faith? Praise what kind of praise? Praise that you've got it. You start praising God for it before you ever see it manifest. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'll praise God once it's here. It doesn't take any faith to do that. So faith can be expressed through praise. And that's what Jesus is saying. If, if you believe you have it, then there should be some expression with that. 
And that would be obviously praise. And then he goes on to say, and you will have them. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So let's be mindful to praise the Lord. Um, one old Pentecostal preacher said that whenever he needed money, he, of course, would ask the Lord for it. Then he'd go back out behind the barn and he would dance the money in. That is 100% biblical. Perhaps there's something that you need and you've asked the Lord, but in this area of praising God, which can be through singing, it can be through dancing, but it's basically you're giving your praise to him. Well, you might want to find your barn and go back there and dance it in. Praise God. Or a, a place where you can just get alone with the Lord and cut loose. Praise God. See, it's easy to praise the Lord if we all get together. But sometimes when you're on your own, you just have to stir yourself up and rise up. Amen. And just uh, just begin to praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That means so much to the heart of God. We certainly see that expressed to us in the very famous Psalm 22. Psalm 22, verse 3. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. I like the NCV translation. It says, you sit as the Holy One. The praises of Israel are your throne. The praises of Israel. Or we could say the praises of God's people, the church, it's the throne of God. Hmm. Well, we know that God has a throne in heaven that he sits on. Jesus has his throne at the right hand of the Father. But in our lives as individuals, we need to establish a throne for God in our praises. And that is what brings God on the scene. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, Pastor Stephen, I haven't really been praising the Lord. Well, then you need to start praising the Lord and build a throne for the Lord. And if you will build the throne and you build it through praise, he will come and sit on it. And if he comes and sits on it, that means he's in your midst. And that means big trouble, big trouble for all of your enemies. But they're, they're going to back off. Look, I know there's some big dogs. There's pit bulls. There's dogs that bark real loud, have big bites, and there's some dogs that are really, really big. But I don't care how big the dog is. When a big male African lion shows up, the dogs clear back. It doesn't matter if the dog has rabies and is out of his mind. The moment that lion shows up, suddenly that dog, even with rabies, can think straight and he, run, and he runs away. Because they just know this is a this is a match we can't win. They're, the lion's got too much power. So the lion of the tribe of Judah, he will come on the scene. But we need to do our part, and we need to praise the Lord. And as we do, he comes and fights for us. We see this in Second Chronicles chapter twenty, because a great army came against the people of Judah. Verse 3, and Jehoshaphat, who was the king, feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast throughout all Judah. Well, it is good that scripture records that he was in fear because he got hit with it. And it hit him hard. 
because he is vastly outnumbered and he knows it. And, and on paper, this is a battle you can't win. So he got hit with the spirit of fear, but he begins to do spiritual principles, spiritual acts that will begin to get that fear off of him so that he can think with the right mind and get back into the peace of God. So he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So seeking the Lord, in other words, praying and now bringing fasting into that, it begins to stabilize him and the leadership. And then sure enough, a, a prophet brings forth the word that God is going to intervene. God's going to fight, but they do need to show up, but God's going to do the fighting. Praise God. Now, verse 20, so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord, your God. So you have to believe you must have faith. And so they certainly do believe in the Lord, your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets or today you could say his ministers, because back then there was only one ministry office. That was the prophet. But today you have the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. So today we have the fivefold ministry office. So believe as prophets or believe as ministers and you shall prosper. Mm -mm. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Praise the Lord. My friends, when you pray and praise is when the Lord begins to fight and begins to give you complete victory over every adversary in your life. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We need to be attentive to this because God wants this. You know, Jesus was hanging on the cross and he said, I thirst. And yes, that is a, a, a tremendous physical thirst. And at the same time, there is a prophetic catch on that where he he's thirsty for praise in other words he's parched because he's not getting much he's not getting what would quench his thirst and we need to do that we need to praise the lord until you sense the lord's happy i've given him a big drink tonight glory to god thank you lord jesus you know i had an experience some years back Excuse me just a moment while I get some hot tea. I had an experience some years back that was pretty, pretty, uh, well, a couple of years back to back, but each one was very noted in my memory where I had lost keys <clears throat> and I had lost them. And when I lost them, of course, I didn't know that I had lost them, but I ended up finding them before I even realized I had lost them. In other words, it's not like I lost them and then went looking for them. 
I lost them, but while they were lost, I was busy praising the Lord. I didn't even know I'd lost them. And while I was praising the Lord, I found them. And when I found them twice, when it happened, I found them in places that they never, they never would have been found. It would have been absolutely impossible. It had been like, might as well start making a new set of keys because they're gone and there's no telling where they could be. But I found them even before I knew that I had lost them. And this happened, I knew as a result of me praising the Lord when those experiences took place. But I didn't really stamp that as something to like really emphasize in my life until I was in Virginia once. My wife and daughter were there, and we were conducting revival meetings. And the meetings had gone for about five days. I remember it was the last day of the meeting. My wife and daughter had gone into town to get something to eat, and I stayed there at the hotel and just kept waiting on the Lord. And I was just kind of walking around the hotel room praying, worshiping, praising the Lord. And an angel of the Lord came into the room. And the, the glory of God that was on this angel was amazing because this angel just came from heaven. So having been in the presence of Jehovah, it, it was carrying the glory of heaven. And this angel stood behind my left, about two feet behind my left shoulder, and I wanted to turn around and look at the angel, but the glory was so strong. I just, I just knew kind of like in my heart, just stand here, stand here and let the angel do what it came here to do. And so the angel came and spoke. And this is what he said to me. Please listen very carefully. The angel said to me, that is the reason why you were allowed to have found lost keys because praise is the lost key to victory. And when the angel said that, I real slowly looked over my shoulder and looked back, and I could see him. He was standing there, and there was like a blue light that was like coming off of this angel, like a, like, like a throbbing light, a pulsating glory that was on him. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. But I've taken that to heart over the years, that praise in many ways still is a lost key. I've noticed that in quite a few, like what I would, you know, what we would call worship services in like a church or like in a conference meeting, sometimes uh, the worship leader is real good at worship. uh, And maybe they'll just do like a little praise and then go right into the worship. But if you put the praise first, and I'm talking real powerful praise, um, and that takes expenditure, that takes energy, but if you will put that out and push that uh, for, uh, until you sense the Lord is quenched in that area of thirst, then you just whoo, you slip right into worship, and then the worship is real rich and real good, and then you'll sense when he's satisfied with that also, and then you go into the next phase of the ministry. Praise the Lord. But the praise 
Um, I'm talking loud on the drums. I'm talking uh, not hurting your ears, but I'm talking praise that has a punch, like a bite to it, like power to it. And, you know, you may need uh, uh, the, the bass guitar or something like that, but get that bite. It almost like has like a warfare element to it, but it's all praise that's going up to Jesus. Uh, some worship leaders don't know how to do praise, but if they would develop that, uh, it's the praise that punches through. And when you punch through, then you can go into worship. Woo, praise God. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. We need to drink until we're full, and we need to minister to the Lord with praise until his thirst is quenched. So it's a lost key. Even um, as much as we hear about it, to, again, like we prayed when we started today, when we make application of it in our lives. In other words, take this and start applying it. Go to sleep praising the Lord. Wake up praising the Lord. Even if it's raining outside and the temperatures dropped and it got real cold again and it looks cloudy and gloomy, start praising the Lord. Start praising the Lord anyhow. Hallelujah. You'll live your life as a sign and wonder among people. And I'm telling you, God will do amazing things for you, giving you victory in the most impossible situations. Hallelujah. And you'll be like, how did I live without this? <laughs> you know, you don't have to be a professional singer to praise the Lord. Um, that's not what he's looking for. He's just looking for you to sing, to dance, to praise, but give that expression to him until, until his thirst is quenched. It may be 20 minutes, but you could also get into that flow where you kind of keep that flow going, where you do it all day long in a sense. I mean, you can't do it when you're talking to somebody and things like that, but you can get into that stream like a river of praise and it, uh, just let it dry up grumbling. Your life has many, uh, you know, things where how can we say like, okay, this didn't fit. Uh, this went wrong. Uh, that broke. Uh oh, we got to go fix that. Uh, but praise keeps you from complaining and grumbling. It just helps you go through life. <laughs> Woo. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Just praise him. And he's going to do amazing things for you. Praise the Lord. Glory. And sometimes you get hit with the anointing to praise. And when that's there, it's a powerful thing. Just go with it. Now, of course, when we get together as, uh, you know, a, a group of believers, then one can put a thousand to flight. You get two, you can put 10,000 to flight. And there is a greater release of power in the spirit realm through corporate praise, praise the Lord. So as the Holy Spirit gathers us together, we certainly want to enjoy those times as well. But my friends, you don't necessarily need to have music. You can do it just by, with your own voice. And the Holy Spirit is the greatest song leader. He'll help you. He'll give you songs. And again, you might not be uh, joining the Metropolitan Opera tomorrow. You don't need to. Just Take the voice he gave you and begin to sing praises to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you can go to the Psalms, like take Psalm 23 and sing it to the Lord. Make up your own rhythm to it and your own uh, pattern of singing it to him. Praise the Lord.
The Holy Spirit will help you in this. Now lift your hands. Heavenly Father, I pray that as with the flood of Noah and the waters of the deep erupted and sprang forth upon the earth, I pray, Father, for your people that the deep would erupt with praise and that your people would be praising you. Your people would be praising you at a deeper level. Now, we thank you for the breaking forth of the deep. We thank you that deep calls unto deep, and you're waking this up. You're waking this up. We thank you, Father God. We give you our praise. We bless you. We worship you. So, Father, we thank you for the two-step approach of prayer and praise. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of you have been misplacing things lately. You have, some of you have actually been misplacing your keys. The, the Holy Spirit is trying to work through that. It's not a loss of memory. Sometimes it's busy. You know, we get so many things going on. Where did I put them? But the Holy Spirit wants you to pick up on moments like that. Something else more important often is being misplaced. It's your praise. It's your praise. So he allows things like that to speak through circumstances, situations like that, so you can be mindful. Oh, I need to start praising the Lord more. Hallelujah. And he's reminding you today. All right, so take this lost key. Remember, what does a key do? It opens a locked door. Hmm. Praise God. And when you have the key, there's no struggle. You put the key into the uh, uh, lock mechanism and you turn it and it opens for you. Okay. So there are some things that prayer alone will not open. You must also combine praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. It's going to be quick. Watch. It's going to be quick for you. Amen. You're so close. Pour on the praise. Amen. And the goodness of the Lord is going to catch up with you and overwhelm you. Hallelujah. If you're watching today's program and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can come to know him today and he as the Lamb of God will wash all of your sins away. He's already paid the penalty of your sins when he went to Calvary and died for you in Jerusalem there on a cross. He hung on a cross to redeem you from your sin. See, mankind has been separated from God through sin. So there was no bridge between the two. But Jesus came as a sinless man. He died as a sinless man to redeem us from sin. And he is now the mediator. He is the in-between person between God and unsaved man. There's no other mediator no other guru out there, no other so-called prophet. He is God who came in the flesh to redeem lost mankind back to God. And so Jesus is the bridge between you and God, and he's the only way to heaven. So if you don't know Jesus, you need to receive him into your heart right now so that you can receive forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Now, if you're watching and perhaps you used to be a Christian, 
but you left the Lord, you went off in the sin, and you find yourself there today. You need to rededicate your life to the Lord and come back to Him right now. Today is your day of restoration to the Lord. It's easy for God to do. Look, there's, there's um, people in the car industry that can take old wore-out cars, maybe engines that haven't even started for 30 years. They can completely restore them. If we could restore an old car, trust me, God, the original manufacturer, can completely restore you and wash all of your sin away and put you back into the plan that he has for you. So you need to pray that prayer also. Now, let us come before the Lord and pray. Please repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, you are the only mediator between God and man. Jesus, I believe you died to take away my sins. You died on the cross and you rose on the third day. Jesus, I put my trust in you. I surrender my life to you. Wash my sins away with your precious blood, Jesus, write my name in your book of life and step into my life right now and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name, I pray. Amen. And amen. Woo. Welcome. Welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to the Lord. The goodness of the Lord is overtaking you. Anybody, a former backslider, the blood of Jesus has washed it all away. You're back. You're back. Praise God. The prodigal son, the prodigal daughter is back. Welcome back. Hallelujah. God is doing a quick work. He's doing a quick work. Praise God. Getting you back on track, getting you plugged in where you belong. Praise God. Well, my friends, let's take Holy Communion today. I want to ask you to grab some unleavened bread. And grab some grape juice. If you don't have uh, this little wafer, grab a cracker, a piece of bread, whatever you have. And if you don't have grape juice, go out and get you some. But until then, just use what you have there in your kitchen. Praise God. Now let's pray. Father, we set aside this bread and juice. And we thank you that this is, uh, we set it aside through this prayer. And we bless it. And we thank you, O oh God, that this is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. And Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh, we thank you that we are determined to build a throne, Father, for your Son, to build a throne for you, to come and sit on and inhabit our praises. Woo! O oh God, be in our midst. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, that you will not dwell in the midst of, a, of an atmosphere that is void of joy or praise. But Father, you want to be welcomed in. So Father, we thank you that as we receive the Lord's body, we receive his instructions for prayer and praise. We turn the key of praise on in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, what if someone sees me praising the Lord? What if somebody sneaks up behind me while I'm praising God and actually sees me with my hands up? It's good. Maybe they'll realize, hey, that person looks like they surrendered to God. 
Praise the Lord. Amen. Freedom. Freedom in the Lord. Mm -mm. Praise God. And most likely when you praise the Lord a whole bunch, somebody will overhear you praising God. And it's good. It's good. It's good. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I was uh, sitting at a restaurant with my mom years back. This was when I was still in college and just got filled with the Holy Spirit. And my mom and dad didn't understand what was going on with me of, you know, receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so at this time, it was just my mom and I having lunch together. And uh, she was not into my ideas of, uh, you know, the power of God and miracles and signs and wonders and all of that. And um, thought I really shouldn't talk about it. And I, I just, but mom, I love the Lord. And, uh, you know, and, you know, people are sitting at a restaurant just eating food and, you know, I'm just uh, kind of like engaged in conversation with my mom. And I just said, mom, I love Jesus. He's changed my life and I've received the Holy spirit. and I love the Lord. <laughs> and my mom was just kind of, she's, she loved me, but she's trying to like get me to dial it all down. And so after we finished eating and uh, my mom asked for the check so that we, you know, uh, she could pay and that we could leave a man in the booth uh, next to us turned around and like with like almost like with tears in his eyes he said uh he said excuse me for interrupting y'all he said um I couldn't help but hear some of your conversation and and uh, young man, I couldn't help but hear how you were saying you love the Lord, and I could hardly stand it. I feel the love of God. <laughs> and he began to testify how God was falling on him and working on him, and how he just was so blessed to hear that a young person loved the Lord. He, about, he just about couldn't contain himself. <laughs> he said, I have to turn around and tell you. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> that was like the last thing that my mother wanted to hear. <laughs> It kind of like undid everything that she was trying to tell me. And I love my mom. She's still alive today, and we have a great, great relationship. Praise the Lord. But my friends, don't be ashamed to praise the Lord and to by, to be identified as standing fully with Him. Now, Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. As we receive the blood of Jesus, we receive the liberty of the Spirit to praise you in spirit and in truth. We thank you. We thank you, Father, that everybody is in heaven praising you. <laughs> and nobody's holding back, Father, in heaven. And let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Let us not hold back our praise either. Oh, God, we give you praise. We receive the blood of Jesus. We receive the key, the lost key of victory, not lost in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's drink together. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. My friends, um, I want to pop up on the screen now ways that you can give if you would like to be a blessing to the ministry. Hallelujah. You can give by text. And uh, if you want, you could um, go online, bring an offering in. That information is on the screen. That allows us to continue to send the preaching and teaching of the good news of the kingdom literally around the world. Hallelujah. Now, also, we still have our Israel tour available. And if you want to sign up, you got to sign up real quick. 
The only difference now between earlier was that earlier, if you registered, you could make payments and just pay it down and pay it down until you've paid it off. But now, because we're so close to our departure date, you have to pay the um, tour cost up front. But if you want to go, we've got a seat for you on the glory bus. Amen. And I'll meet you in Tel Aviv. And we're going to have a tremendous time on this tour. Dates May 7th through 17th. All of that information is at the website. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for supporting this ministry. Thank you for your prayers. Now, go and praise the Lord. You have prayed. Now go and praise the Lord. Amen. And I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.